Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's the rights obsession with RFK Jr.? And are we actually on the brink of war with China? Well, a certain legendary shot caller in the hedge fund world believes that we're very, very close. All that and much more coming your way. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni. This is Critical Thinking. <laughs> Nothing says like a good start to your week, like a little talk of war with China, right, Pat? No, no, that sucks. Oh, it's not part of your heart healthy, balanced uh, diet in the morning? Yeah, no, no, that sucks. Are you sure about that? Yeah, yeah, that, that sucks. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You know what else sucks, Pat? What? Um, the right's obsession suddenly with, or love affair with RFK Jr. And I don't know about you. I want to get your thoughts on this. Okay. Um, I don't understand it from any perspective at all. That's because you're a libertarian. If I were a libertarian, I I would understand the obsession with RFK Jr., I think. Because I think he is more of a libertarian in today's sense of that word. Mm. At least not – let's put it this way. He's not a Mises Caucus uh, individual. But he is maybe McAfee-like in his libertarian leanings. But but I also don't think he is a libertarian. No. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but I, on any level, I don't understand um, the home that RFK Jr. thinks that he lives in. Um, because, correct me if I'm wrong, the Democrats have gone batshit crazy leftist, right? Right. The right wing has the MAGA movement, which is very populist um, – Evangelical in nature, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's neither of those. So, I, look, I, I get, I get where you're going with this. I totally do because I, I'm, I'm of the right variety, and I'm not obsessed with RFK. Uh, I, I actually, I, but I can actually understand a little as to why those on the right might be a little enamored with him right now. And that is simply, just just to put it simply, part of it is his stance on COVID. And that is uh, fair enough. And I want to dive into that in just a moment here. 
So as we're talking about RFK Jr., my uh, voice decides it wants to go here, Pat, which I think is hilarious. Um, <clears throat> sounds very RFK Jr. like. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that notwithstanding, I understand where you were going and I want to touch on that in a moment. But what I what I fail to understand is in what world is RFK Jr. Represent, representative of anything that you actually believe in? And I want people to understand this. This is not a man who has renounced his extremism on quote-unquote climate change, right? Right. This is not a man who has denounced his extremism on gun control. This is not a man who has denounced hardly anything that is antithetical to that populist MAGA base, right? I'm not part of that base. So, I'm looking at this from the outside in. Mm -hmm. That's just not who I am. I don't know. Are there things that that we have in common. I would suggest that myself and the MAGA base are a little more in common, but not really. I would also argue that we're, we're in this position because Donald Trump is such a weak candidate right now. We are in this position because you are being told and fed by the media that if you are a MAGA forever. If you supported Donald Trump, you have to hate Ron DeSantis. And if you love Ron DeSantis, you have to hate Donald Trump, right? We're watching right. that feeding frenzy in the media happen over and over and over and over and over again. That's part and parcel of the problem. The other part and parcel of the problem is that you are led to believe that anybody who grasps anything that you believe must be supported at all times. Now, the question that kind of lingers is, you know, is this just uh, Team GOP and MAGA Forever hoping to split the baby and laugh their way to a victory in the general election after watching a contentious uh, presidential primary? I, I don't think that I, I don't think that that's the case at all. I don't think I that think that, is, that is that is that is a let's put it this way. This is another one of the media narratives. Mm -hmm. This is their, oh, this is all just Team GOP. No, it's not. Because RFK Jr. is representative of more the old school Democrat. Whereas Joe Biden has been not in the demonic sense, but he has been possessed and taken over by the far <laughs> left. Within He's his own handled. cabinet, within his own inner circle, mm -hmm. he, yeah. he's the he's the shell of the leftist, right? He is the he's weekend the at Bernie's of the left, if you will. He's the right? marionette. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a reason why we call him Joseph Marionette Biden. To, to I don't think point, it is. Hang on one second. Okay. So my point. So to be clear here, my point is this. The media narrative uh, in the feeding frenzy on the right is insane. The media narrative that, that RFK Jr. is somehow some sort of hero is insane. And then thirdly, the media narrative is that Team GOP um, is hoping to split the baby. Uh, I don't know anybody. <clears throat> and I went to a ward. So in my own ward here in Chicago, uh, GOP meeting yesterday. Okay. Just to check it out. Because I wanted to know who the hell the other 15% of the people in our ward are, right? That didn't, right. that are not insane. Um, not a single person mentioned RFK Jr. Not a single person talked about the Democratic Party other than in terms of how do we find issues in which we can advocate that are wins for us in one of the most progressive districts in the, in the, uh, or wards in the city. How do you do that, right? You're, you're never. We're never going to be able to run a candidate and win that that speaks like us, thinks like us, you know, all that sort of stuff. So <clears throat> it is an individual 
issue advocacy that you have to take on, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand it from any perspective other than we're watching the media laugh themselves into a frenzy of likes, retweets, uh, you know, click-throughs and page views on these types of stories. A- am I missing anything here? No. Uh, it, look, I, I get what you're saying about the media narrative. I think you're absolutely correct about it. However, I think there are going to be those on the right that buy into that media narrative because it's a pipe dream. It's a fool's hope, right? They're hoping for anything, especially if they can't get you know someone like Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis in, in the White House. They're mm-hmm. hoping that someone can at least deplatform Joe Biden at the very least that that and put somebody that's at least has some semblance of competency in the White House that isn't completely antithetical to their views. That's what they're hoping for. Again, it's a pipe dream. It's a fool's hope. It, it It's not going to happen. It doesn't exist anymore. Not in this culture. Where a lot of this is coming from is that you also have a lot of radio hosts like not to throw him under the bus, and, and, and there is no insult intended here, but Steve Dace, who has come out and talked about how much he respects RFK after the uh, event that he met him at a couple of months back, and then he saw Nefarious and all that stuff. Look, I, I, I get that there, there's going to be some issues there where you're going to be strange bedfellows and find some common ground. I, I understand it, and I understand the uh, the, the pull that some on the right might might feel with someone like that because like hey here's someone that's more on the left that i could actually get along with and if he were to run for president i would actually feel like hey our country's going to be okay even though i don't necessarily agree with him on every political issue that's where this is coming from this is a complete and total unrealistic fool's hope pipe dream it's nothing more than that it really isn't yeah, and that was part and parcel of where I wanted to go in a second. But I want people to understand how narrative-driven this has been. So uh, there's been an uh, Economist YouGov poll done about RFK Jr., okay? Mm-hmm. He has a 48% favorability overall. 48% overall have a favorable opinion of him, okay? Okay. Compared to just a, is it, let me get this up, uh, 28% unfavorable, okay? Amongst males, it is 46.33 and 49.24 amongst females. Hmm. Now, party identification, Pat, Amongst Democrats, this is from April 8th through the 11th, by the way, okay? So, this is at the heart of like RFK Jr. kind of coming out and announcing and all of the the hoopla and the hype around what he was talking about with Steve Dace and others around vaccine hesitancy, um, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to the COVID vaccines and and all of that, right? Right. So, 49.32, so that's plus 17... I believe, if I'm doing the math here, right? Amongst independents, he has a 44-24 split. So, plus 20 on the favorability rating. Amongst Republicans, he has a 49-30, to a plus 19 favorable rating amongst Republicans, according to this economist, uh, YouGov poll. Mm Mm-hmm. There is not a section that doesn't identify him as favorable. Now, take a look at Joe Biden's numbers, right? And they're in the tank with almost everybody with the exception of the Democrats. But he is not even at plus 17 amongst his own party. So when you take a look at these numbers, is it any wonder why we've got the narrative that exists, right? Because it's partially true, but it's also partially narrative-driven. And I go back to reviving liberty. And one of the 10 steps to reviving liberty has been form fellowships, not 
coalitions. And this is why I wanted to, I'm glad you brought up Steve Dace because I was going there. And here's where I want to take this real quick, Pat. I have, my framework is I want people I can form fellowships with first. We need the basics of fellowship before it can start building coalitions. The problem with Team GOP, the problem with the identification process from Team GOP is that they have this inverse relationship to coalitions and fellowships. They believe you have to form a coalition before you, before you form your fellowships. And that is absolutely antithetical to keeping liberty at the forefront of your decision making. But as we take a look at RFK Jr. and forming a, a coalition, this is whom you're forming a coalition with, Pat, if you are Steve Dace and, and those ilk. In 2018, after the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas uh, murders and, and shooting, let's be honest. The NRA is, is as responsible for the MSD child murders. Again, that's Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, uh, the school in Florida. Okay, The NRA is as responsible for the MSD child murders as if they pulled the trigger. NRA has turned Second Amendment into a suicide pact for our children. When do we deal with NRA? Is that somebody that you can form a fellowship with? No. Probably not. And and by the way, RFK Jr. has never renounced that statement. RFK Jr. to this day believes the believes in severe gun control. He believes in strict gun laws. He believes in the confiscation of weaponry. To this day, he does not believe in the values, in the the right to self-defense that you and I do, the right to be able to alter the ties that bind us because those who have weapons make the government fearful of them. It's, it is, is, it's a tale as old as human history, right? When, when the citizens are de-weaponized at any point in history, whether that's spears, bows and arrows, whether that's, you know, sticks or fists, Right, you, you the the power of vacuum is so wide at that point in time. It doesn't matter what you organize and talk about and do in your community. Is that somebody you can form a fellowship with? We have to again, in my mind, look at these through the framework of fellowship first. What say you, Pat? I, I don't disagree. However, if let's just say hypothetically for, for a minute that RFK is able to unseat Joe Biden in a primary. Okay. And that primary comes down to, I don't know, I guess Donald Trump and, and RFK. Who do you vote for? If if that's your if those are your two choices, who do you vote for? Do you, I think do you, you vote to, for the guy? It, yeah. Hold on a second. Do you vote for the guy that that gave us a victory on Roe versus Wade, or do you um, vote for the guy who didn't surrender his presidency to Fauci and Burks? Yeah, but um, on the flip side, you know. Mm-hmm. You have to also – you have to look at the totality, right? I think sure. for I me, agree. you know, I agree. you can't just look at like one bad issue disqualifies you. I would argue that Trump is going to get disqualified in the, the GOP primary, so it's not going to matter. Um, I understand your dichotomy, but it's an easy choice. I'm going to vote for the person who upholds most of my value system. Sure. Most of my principles. RFK Jr., the only thing, and I'm about to get into this even further, Pat. Mm-hmm. The right is in love with somebody who said the NRA must die and that it is a terrible organization and the Second Amendment is bad, right? We're, we're talking about a guy who wants to confiscate your guns, but it goes even further than that, Pat. <clears throat> we are also talking about a individual who's one of, I think, three biggest advocacy uh, scenarios, the things that he cares the most about. 
anti-vax, right, is number one. He's been anti-vax since the 70s, okay? So this is not something new, near and dear to his heart. He's always sure. been in that group. Yeah. <clears throat> He's been a radical anti-vaxxer since the 70s. He is also, at his core, a climate change guy, okay? He is a hardcore climate change guy to the point in which in 2014, less than a decade ago, he literally spoke the words that – and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep looking this up here, okay? Um, Climate Depot director uh, Mark Morano asked Robert F. Kennedy Jr. about the Koch brothers. Kennedy called them treasonous. Now, for whatever you believe the Koch brothers to be good, bad, evil, somewhere in the middle, libertarian GOP – you know, the, the GOP's version of of um, spooky dude, right? Mm. Um, whatever you believe of them, okay? This is Robert F. Kennedy. They have become billionaires, quote, by impoverishing the rest of us and should be in jail, enjoying three hots and a cot at The Hague with all the other war criminals. Those who dispute the quote-unquote consensus on man-made climate change are doing the Koch brothers' bidding and are against all the evidence saying global warming does not exist, RFK stated. They are contemptible human beings. Now, they, he also stood side-by-side side with RIT, that's Rochester Institute of Technology philosopher Lawrence Torcello, and others saying that climate deniers should be jailed for their beliefs. So you are propping up a person who believes in gun confiscation that if you speak differently than the quote-unquote scientific consensus on climate change, has he denounced that? He, want, he wants those who speak differently than him who have a different belief system than he does on one single issue to go to jail. He doesn't believe in freedom at all. The only issue he believes in quote unquote freedom on is quote unquote medical freedom. So when I look at this through the lens of fellowship over coalition. There is no way I can form a fellowship with somebody whose principles are antithetical to principles of liberty. The only principle of liberty he holds is medical freedom, right? The freedom to be an individual that makes choices that is best for them medically. That's it. So when I look at that, to the Steve Daces, right? This is to your point about, about Steve Dace. The right has fallen into the trap that if you have an issue that you agree upon, that means you have to glom on to that individual and push them forward. No, you don't. See, the, the difference between fellowship and coalition is very simple. Coalitions, you form coalitions with people you might, might otherwise have absolutely nothing in common to push forward and advocate on one single issue. And then you go your separate ways. This is not what the right, what Steve Dace, and for as much as I love Steve Dace, on this issue, on this man, notice the second that he kissed his ass when it came to nefarious, when it came to um, when it came to the issue of COVID vaccination, that, that individual now has a seat at the table of fellowship with the Steve Daces of the world. And it was never about, hey, this is an issue that we agree upon. So we can advocate together on this specific issue. It was, now I'm going to bring you into my further fold of fellowship. I cannot form a fellowship 
with anybody who believes my speech means I have to go to jail. And we're seeing this all over the world. Just this past weekend, Pat, we got word that there is a bill about to be passed in Ireland in which the possession of any material deemed quote-unquote hate speech, right, based off of somebody's race, religion, creed, blah, 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 the simple possession of it or the talk amongst yourselves of it will put you in jail in Ireland. And oh, by the way, you are now guilty until you prove yourself innocent in that bill. This is a person who would believe that's the right move. Except for one issue. How do you form fellowship? How do you break bread with these individuals other than to say, hey, you know what? Great. You and I agree on this issue and that's awesome. So let's work together on this issue. But you make it abundantly clear that you don't support anything else that that person believes in. That's how you do coalition work. But the right has broken bread with RFK Jr. Because they believe what? They are so desperate for anybody to pay attention to them who's not bat nuts crazy MAGA forever that they're willing to glom on to anything. They're just clawing at that one thing. They're so desperate to not have to deal with the fact that they're, they're God king, right? Donald Trump did them dirty when it came to vaccination, when it came to their freedoms, when it came to their rights, when it came to everything on COVID-19 in the last two years of his presidency. They're so desperate to find that alternative and not have to deal with it that they turn to somebody who literally would have them in jail, would strip the rest of their rights, all to do what? Say, congratulations, um, you, you figured out that vaccinations on COVID-19 were going nowhere. I mean, our, I mean, if there's any takeaway here, RFK is the banana in the tailpipe kind of candidate, right? You know, he is not you your call- friend. He right. is a frenemy. And, you know, to to those... There's a difference between I, – I, I cannot emphasize this enough – fellowship and coalition building. Coalition building is as simple as this. Can we agree that a problem exists and we agree on XYZ as the solution to this issue? However – I don't agree with you on abortion. I don't agree with you on taxes. I don't agree with you on this, 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 and this. It's great to be able to advocate for the same thing, and that's it. I'm not your friend. We agree on an issue. Fellowship is synonymous with friendship, but friendships and fellowships can disagree, but they don't disagree on principle. That's the difference. Fellowships are built off of mutually esteemed principles. They can have disagreements and arguments on how you get those principles in action. Absolutely, they can. Because we had the Federalist Papers, right? That's the greatest example of fellowship and the disagreements amongst fellows that we have ever seen in human history. But they were all fellows, They were all in a fellowship. And no, we're not talking about the fellowship of the ring. I mean, Steve Dace is still team DeSantis all the way, Uh, you know, as far as team DeSantis will go. Right. But my my extreme point there is to, Mm -hmm. to show you the trap of coalition bringing you further down the road of, hey, I'm going to lift this person up, not for this issue, but in general. 
Because what did he do? He brought him in to see Nefarious. And then he brought him in when he licked his boots of saying that he liked Nefarious. And suddenly now RFK is a pal, uh, palatable individual, sure, right? Sure. I, I, no, he's I not. Totally, no, you're right. You're right. What, I, what, I'm, what I'm ultimately getting at, though, is there are going to be those on the right that are going to be enamored with this guy for the reasons of there's the whole narrative push that, you know, he's not Joe Biden. He's going to be more moderate than Joe Biden. He'll at least be appealed to some things on the right versus Joe Biden. Um, and then, you know, he doesn't have the, the the surrendering of his presidency like Trump does. But on the other hand, like you, you also have those on the right that are going to be, you know, again, still never Trump. And, and a lot of those that are never Trump are also going to be never DeSantis, too. Um, and I'm talking about the the Mitt Romney type Republicans of the world, or the John Kasich type Republicans of the world. How dare you swear that. like that? I, I know. I'm sorry. Um, you know, RFK is going to have an appeal to to people like them. You know, so I I, I don't agree with the Economist poll, and and the only the reason why I don't agree with it is because it, hey, it's way too freaking early, and I, I just. It's a completely biased, narrative-driven poll, like you pointed out. Like it, it is not something that I would put my trust in at this point. Yeah, um, and, I, and, I, I just don't have a lot of trust for any of them. Right, and the banana in the tailpipe is also the fact that RFK mm -hmm. Jr. came out and said that he, you know, um, opposes trans athletes in women's sports, saying that I don't think right. that's fair. Okay, that's great. Right. You're on team reality when it comes to a couple of issues. And right. do can we can we say that that we have a fellowship of we have to get to reality, right? First and foremost, yes. But here's the rub, though. He is not team reality when it comes to any other issue. He is not team reality when it comes to how he views those who have opposing viewpoints to him. Mm. He is not he is not somebody who thinks that freedom of speech is for everybody or freedom of thought is for everybody. It is agree with me or else. And that's equally wrong on the right, by the way. Those who believe that you have to agree with everything in the MAGA movement, otherwise you're not a real Republican, are is equally insane. It's strange bedfellows, no doubt about it, but I want people yeah. to understand, be careful whom you are associating yourself with. Be careful who you are uplifting and advocating for. It's a banana in the tailpipe. He doesn't like you. He never will like you. He will tax you to death. He will take your guns, and he will make sure to silence you if you disagree with him. Because we know what about him? We know that he is unrepentant. On three basic principles, he hates guns, he hates climate change, and he is anti-vax. Those are the three things. Otherwise, he is as old school liberal Democrat as you could possibly get on everything else. And I'm pretty sure that in principle one and principle two, those are antithetical to your principles as a MAGA forever populist. I'm pretty sure those two things are antithetical to your principles. So if two out of three basic principles he holds are things that uh, that you disagree with, you can't form a fellowship with that. You can coalesce around the vaccination situation and get that under control. Coalitions are to be used, not brought in. Coalitions are about use. I, we both mutually benefit from the use of our mutual power, right? I've got some sort of power with this base of people. You have some sort of power with this base of people. Let's use our collective bases and push this issue through. The Catholic Church and evangelical Christian communities are a great example of this when it comes to abortion. There, that is not a fellowship. That is a coalition because ultimately they are antithetical to each other. Not antithetical, but they are different in the principles they hold, right? Look at all of the Catholic adoption agencies. Look at all of the, the advocacy that goes on, right? Look at all of the other things that evangelicals don't necessarily have, right, when it comes to the, the pro-life movement. 
um, look at the differences in how they view um, out of wedlock motherhood and all of those things. It's a coalition because they have a common belief and a common advocacy for that issue. Otherwise, theologically, they're very, very different. And they're very, very different in how they outwardly project that theology and, more importantly, what they do and work in the community with that theology. So I, I, I hope you understand the point that I am trying to make. Um, not for you, because I know that you, Pat, get it. I hope you out there listening, watching to us, whether you're watching on Rumble, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, or if you are listening to us on podcast, thank you for finding us. Um, make sure you are subscribed, you're downloading, you're rating, you're reviewing the podcast because that's how we get found out by more people. And that's kind of the goal here. Um, yeah, I just, this is, this is the dumbest love affair on the right I have ever seen. Actually, almost as equally dumb as Tulsi, um, Tulsi it, Gabbard? Yeah, Tulsi Gabbard back in the uh, 2020 election cycle. Now she has since kind of made a massive shift to a much more libertarian viewpoint, period, amen. And much, you know, so she has, she has done the point. work to prove that mm -hmm. she is much different, right? She's had some pivot points. Yeah, I agree. She, she is not your all the way leftist. She has disavowed much of the socialized medicine idea. Um, she believes that maybe what we could do is a catastrophic plan, right? Um, and then everything else is on your own. So she's kind of gone away from the universal everything paid for by the government healthcare that was advocated for over the last decade by her and others. Um, but, but not to go down this rabbit hole, but wouldn't then open up the door for universal eventually? That's not how she views it, though. Um, no. She views the the fact that w rather than our – so how she's viewing this, and I don't disagree necessarily with her on this, is taking – so what she is attempting to do is, is create a catastrophic plan that mm. untethers your health care and health insurance from your job. Mm. And so what okay. she's saying is that your work will pay into this or – you get to pay into this catastrophic plan and it's there for you to use as you need it. Otherwise, we're going to shift everything else into that private area. It, we're basically, what she's advocating for is a privatized healthcare system that is untethered from government or your job so that mm. there's no, so the government's rule is that you are not allowed to lose your health care if you lose your job. Because you do that today, right? Right now, if you lost your job tomorrow, Pat, or today for some odd reason, um, may mainly because you're a ginger um, but and you're soulless, but if you uh, lost your job, uh, your health care yeah. goes bye-bye. Yeah. You know, both you and Ashley lose your jobs. Your health care goes bye-bye, right? Your right. health insurance goes bye-bye. And that's a problem, a big problem. Um, so, you know, getting rid of that and making sure that government gets out of the way is kind of where she stands, I believe, right now. If I remember correctly what I saw about six months ago. I could be wrong. Could be. Again, I'm, you know, having to go back in the way back machine. And there's a lot of stuff in over the last six months that I've had to remember. But not to go too far down that rabbit hole, my point being that you can form coalitions with people who change their minds. You can form fellowships with people who have transformed Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is not somebody who's transformed on anything. He just happens to advocate for a position that you are now advocating for. One thing, that's a coalition. That is not a fellowship. So to prop the totality of Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s candidacy up is insane. And with that, Pat, I think it's a great time for us to uh, play a little bit of the beer, not the beer. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hmm. Okay. Hit me with the headline. All righty. Today's headline: Span bans dwarf bullfighting to end perceived exploitation against dwarf bullfighting. 
Span bans dwarf bullfighting to end perceived exploitation against dwarf bullfighters. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. And while you're thinking about that, Andrew Coppins, folks, it's Monday. If you've watched this show long enough, you, you've heard us talk about how we generally record the show in the morning. I'm not a morning person. Never have been. However, Andrew is. And that's largely because he has coffee brand coffee in his cup. Just saying. There's a reason why he's usually in a better mood than I am. Because he has coffee brand coffee in his cup. Well, no, no. It's because I'm not a soulless ginger. Well, that's also true. But that's... that's (laughs) (laughs) So, all you need to do is go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. Get that morning pick-me-up. Especially if you are a morning person and you need that pick-me-up in the morning. Or if you're not a morning person and you really need a pick-me-up in the morning. They're really good for that. They've got all sorts of different great flavors over there. I highly recommend getting a flavor that you know you're going to like. And then trying something new. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it. If you're not a coffee drinker, they do have tea and hot chocolate options. I've been a big proponent of the hot chocolate. But this is the time of year where hot chocolate not really a thing. So, <laughs> are you sure about that? <laughs> uh, I don't drink hot chocolate this time of year. Ugh. It's gonna be cold. Anyway, yeah, yeah. go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, use the promo code critical thinking at checkout, and you'll get 5% off your purchase. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com, promo code critical thinking at checkout, and you'll get 5% off your purchase today. Okay. Spain, Spain bans dwarf bullfighting to end perceived exploitation against dwarf bullfighters. Is this the B or not the B? <laughs> this is way too insane for it to be the Babylon B. So I'm going to go with not the B because our world is insane. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure, but I'm going to I'm going to guesstimate that I'm positive. And I'm going to win $100 of central bank digital currency going into our central bank digital currency account, of which we don't have access to because our ESG score is not high enough. (sighs) Well, uh, in in that case, you are correct. This is not the P. Spain bans dwarf bullfighting to end perceived exploitation against dwarf bullfighters. And then, ironically, dwarf bullfighters object. (laughs) <laughs> what? Wait, 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 wait. Dwarf, blah, 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 blah. dwarf <laughs> bullfighters object? Yes. Dwarf bullfighting is a long-standing tradition in Spain and other Hispanic cultures. The dwarves fight similar bulls and calves, but never hurt the animals, unlike the full-size uh, <laughs> who who kill the bulls. However, some enlightened folks thought, the spectacle of dwarves entertaining crowds by mocking uh, editors uh, looked too much like the exploitation of people with disabilities. So Spain Parliament voted to conform, uh, conform to their enlightened demands and outlaw dwarf bullfighting in the nation. Yeah. Um, did did anybody wanna... bother to ask those individuals? Just, just wondering. I, I, it doesn't sound like it, uh, but people with dwarfism should have all the rights as anyone else, including making the informed decision to entertain crowns comedically at a bullfight. All right. Um, I, I stand with the dwarves. That's because you almost are one. No, no, no. Do not. Oh, want me it's in. the lepre. You're I'm almost a leprechaun. Leprechaun. Sorry. Leprechaun. Dwarf. Not the same thing. Cousins? <laughs> Distant cousins, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you and Jensaki? No, no, we are not related. Oh, no, no, no. You're shapeshifters. So, brother, sister. I gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Not cousins. No, no, we are not related in any way. I agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> what on what evidence? <laughs> I don't need evidence, man. Did you, did you I made a claim. It's true. It's knowing? true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> no, it's not. Jensaki is Padoni. Padoni is Jensaki. You know, we and with that, Pat, uh, I think it is time for us to move on to war. 
What is it good for? When is it going to start? Because a billionaire and legendary hedge fund manager, Ray Dallow, has a stark warning for the West. The US and China are on the brink of war. This according to the Daily Wire. Uh, Dallow, the founder of Bridgewater Associates, has spent more than four decades dealing with Chinese businessmen and its government and is cautioning the world that relations between the two countries are worse than ever. Oh, gee, um, Captain Obvious. Congratulations. But he goes on to say, what I mean when I say that the US and China are on the brink of war is that it appears that they are close to having a sanctions war and or military war that neither side wants, but many believe will probably happen because A, each side is very close to the other's red lines, and B, each side is using brinksmanship to push the other um, at the risk of crossing each other's red lines, and C, politics will probably cause more aggressive brinksmanship over the next 18 months. He added that the two countries are, quote-unquote, beyond talking. Dallow noted that even the president's own party is divided in how to treat China as evidenced by former Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan. U.S. politics will push America closer to war with the Red Dragon. Quote, the hawkish political influences in the United States will exert more pressure on the relationship over the next 18 months because of the emergence of the 2024 election season. That will be a very risky period because China and the U.S. are now already on the brink of war. As a result, a number of red lines could be crossed. So that's where I want to stop this. Do you agree or disagree with his premise so far? I mean, isn't isn't this been kind of obvious for the last however many years? I don't I don't think this is new. I I think I think we've been pretty much with China where we are now since maybe even slightly before Donald Trump, but definitely during Trump. Yes and no. Um I think we're at a very different inflection point right now than we've ever been with them. That, that, that and it has to do with it has to do with one thing and one thing only. Money. We used to see um Europe, OPEC nations, we used to see India, we used to see Brazil, Argentina. Um, allowing the U.S. dollar to be strong because they still wanted the U.S. dollar as their, you know, petro currency and the currency of trade, right? The currency right. of of value, if you will, right? Right. Over the last four months, we have seen what Russia and China cozying up to each other, and Russia allowing China to backstop the ruble. We are allowing Iran and Russia and China into kind of that triumvirate. We've seen Saudi Arabia distance itself from the petrodollar or attempt to signal that. We've seen India back off of their support of the United States of America, which was one of the biggest wins of the Trump administration, at least in foreign policy terms. India was as strong of an ally as we've ever had in that um, in the Asian subcontinent, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was, that was great for us. But we also saw Brazil and its leftist move away from the U.S. dollar. Argentina has signaled it. We've seen signals in Europe that they're willing to look at the U.S. dollar as not being the, the currency of record anymore. And so that changes the game for me. It is a game changer. Why? Because if we are, again, if we are no longer that currency of value, that currency of trade, right, where if we're doing international trade deals, there is not an international trade deal that isn't done in U.S. dollars because it's the world's reserve currency, okay? Now that's starting to change. And what happens if all of a sudden we really aren't Europe's trade partner? The dollar isn't what they're trading in anymore. What happens if that happens with India, which they're indicating they're tinkering with, and Saudi Arabia and OPEC, they're willing to tinker with the the reserve currency going forward? That 31 trillion, now 30, what, 33 soon to be trillion dollar national debt? Try like 120 trillion as we watch hyperinflation spike in this country. You so if that's if that's the future that we are up against, Pat, 
do do you destroy the enemy so that you can maintain your strength of dollar so that you don't destroy your own country? Hell yes, you do. That's that's the point in time we're almost there. That's the different inflection point that we have not been in with our relationship with China. It has always been uh, an arms race, a money race. It's always been these things, but it, it it had never been a real threat, economically speaking, to us because nobody, and I mean nobody, was signaling that they were going to be full-on economic partners with them. Right, And I have long talked about, look at their relationship between China and Africa. Ethiopia is a prime example of what they're doing. They have propped up Ethiopia's economy using the Chinese money in infrastructure, right? They've built all sorts of inf- infrastructure in Ethiopia that hadn't existed in the past. And it's all due. And now they all owe and are owned by China. They played the economic game. We didn't figure this out. And now we're on the brink of that. But we're also on the brink of having to take a look at that coalition that they're forming, right? That access, Iran, China, and Russia, all being friends, and add India into the mix, You've got two massive nuclear stockpiles there, a third that wants it, and a fourth that has wanted to make that a reality, right? So you have an economic issue that has not existed. You have a real cozying relationship that hasn't existed. What do you do about it? I'm not advocating for war. But if we have been pushed into that economic corner, what do we do? Sit there and take it and watch our country fall apart? Or do we say, yeah, no, we're going to destroy the people who want to destroy us. And oh, by the way, to the rest of the world, let this be a warning to you if you want to go away from us as the reserve currency. It's the same thing as in Roman times, right? When they would get incursions into Roman territory and they were incursions of Gauls or incursions of whomever, right? The barbarians or whomever. Largely, they posed not a militaristic threat, but an economic threat to them. And so what did they do? They crushed the ever-loving shit out of them so that they economically never did it again. Right, Or they just consumed them into the quote-unquote empire right, and allowed them to, by and large, be themselves right, and do their own thing, but pay fealty, which is what we're doing with either you're with us or against us when the reserve currency comes along. It's a dangerous game that we have played, but it's the hand that we are playing and that we have been dealt, right? Right. You, we're dealt, we've been basically dealt uh, a pair of jacks, and we have no idea if the, the rest of the people at that poker table have upper hands on us. We are right in that middle, and if we don't play the hand correctly, we're the ones that when we go all in, we'll lose. This is where I, we're at. I, I think that's a solid assessment. Um, I, I want to pose a question, though. Uh, and, and I don't want to go down the, the conspiracy theory route. That, that's not what right, this right. is intended to know. Okay. But I want to pose a question because there's a lot, especially on the right, that would say this White House is in bed with China, right? That, 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 that China is really in control of our White House right now. If that were true, would we be this close to war? So... Um, potentially. And here's why, because I don't believe it's the Chinese government that has the control over the Biden administration. I believe it's Chinese companies. I believe it is Chinese individuals who are exerting control. And who would win in that scenario, Pat? Who wins? The people who understand the game, the people who have been playing the game, the people who have set the game up, whom has been setting it up. 
Chinese businessmen, right? In so much as it's not the Chinese government investing in Ethiopia. It is Chinese business, right? Who, Mm -hmm. yes, are propped up by the Chinese government, right? Or report into the Chinese government. But they're the ones who have been playing the game. They're the ones who understand that I benefit whoever wins because I've got, you know, I've got Team Biden over here in my back pocket on one side, and I've got the all the investments set up on the other side. So I'm splitting the baby right now, and when it's time to pick a side, I pick a side that's going to win, it will, or I can I can manipulate the side into winning. I'm not going down the conspiratorial rabbit hole. That's the reality of the game that they're they're attempting to play. It's influence, right? That's the point of the the problem with the Biden, you know, the Biden crime family, if you will, right? That's the point. It is not that necessarily they've, you know, violated all sorts of laws, which I mean, whatever, you can argue that they have. The point of the matter is that it's an influence peddling operation. It is direct influence into the Biden administration. And we know what about Joseph Marionette Biden when it comes to foreign policy. He sucks at it. He has right. been wrong his entire adult life on, the, on these subjects. Wrong, 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 wrong. We can't afford to be wrong here. And I'm no. not saying the answer is going to war. I think the answer is understanding the game that's actually being played and making sure that we have those strong allyships, right? We rebuild the the uh, statements and sentiments about the the U.S. reserve currency, the U.S. dollar being reserved, right? We we bring India back into the fold if we could. We bring Saudi Arabia and the petrodollar back into our fold. Because whether we want to divest ourselves from the petrodollar, the reality is the rest of the world isn't, right? There are billions of people in this world who won't divest. There's what, 7 billion? Probably 4 to 5 billion of them are not going to divest from the petrodollar at any point in time, anywhere near soon. So we're going to be there for the 2, you know, 2 billion people? How does that work, Right. We, we have now literally neutered ourselves if that is the case. So the way forward is for us to think strategically about what we're doing. The way forward to avoid getting into this conflict is to divest ourselves from that influence peddling operation within these Chinese businesses. It is to build a strong US-based economy. We don't make medicine here. We don't make hardly anything here anymore. And what we do make is usually sold overseas. I think, I think the, the other, you know, big thing here is if, if, if you were going to play this, this game and, and play it better than everybody else, right. You have to have better leadership in office than Joe Biden, because he's like, like you just said, he's you have been to have wrong leadership. every freaking foreign policy issue ever. That since he's been in, in any elected office, you have to have someone that can navigate that far better than Joe Biden can. And I'm not Otherwise, suggesting that, that like a Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump would be better on this issue. What I am suggesting is that we need somebody who um, can think on their feet, who can get what time it is, who can process all of the information and make a, a decision that is based off of leadership. I personally believe Ron DeSantis has shown the ability to think differently, right? I think the Disney situation, whether you agree with the power grab or not, that was a think differently, right? Right. Because Disney's been going down this road for how long, right? It's at least been a decade, if not more, if you've been paying attention. And Ron DeSantis said, oh, you know what? Um, all of the pressure that we've been applying hasn't really worked. There's a there's a lever I haven't pulled yet, and I'm about to pull it, and you never thought I would. I it, think when we look foreign policy-wise, you're right. We have to find an actual leader, and that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody who shows actual leadership. It doesn't have to be somebody that I agree with on everything or whatever. It has to be somebody who understands the times we live in, understands the battle that is in front of us, and wants to actually win it. 
And that means sometimes avoiding war, by the way. But also, if our back is in the corner, right? If we're backed against the wall, we better come out swinging. Otherwise, we're going to we're going to Homer Simpson ourselves right out of existence. So we'll see what happens. Your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And RF Kennedy Jr. is the banana in the tailpipe. Please be smart. Be safe. Be kind. Form fellowships, not coalitions. And as always, make sure you eat all of your meals today. And Matthew 547. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.